tuning in to our podcast, Salt and Light, where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen. So let's go check the facts with your host, also known as my dad, Casey Harrison. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Salt and Light Ministries where we boldly illuminate genetically altered Christianity and we replace it with a firm foundation for a relationship with Christ. Relationship, that's what it's all about. And currently we're going through the book of Matthew, which is the origin story of Jesus Christ, at least verses 1 through 18. Last week we started in Matthew 1-5. This week we're going to continue in that, so let's review the scripture real quick. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. Last week, we talked about the women that were mentioned in this scripture, Rahab and Ruth. This week, we're going to talk about two of the three men that haven't been mentioned in previous scriptures, Boaz and Obed. One thing to really recognize here is if Rahab and Ruth hadn't done and made the choices that they made, Boaz and Obed wouldn't even be here. Boaz would have never been born had Rahab not chose to follow the Israelites and the God of Israel. Remember what we talked about last week. Rahab chose God over everything that she had ever been taught, over her people. She denied her people and chose the truth. That action led Rahab into the path of Salmon, which in turn, of course, allowed Boaz to be born. In similar fashion, Ruth did the same thing. She turned her back on everything that she knew, everything she was taught, everything her culture was telling her, and she chose the truth. That truth put her in the path of Boaz, like we're going to see this week, and allowed Obed to be born. It's amazing, with just a small amount of biblical knowledge, we can see the importance of our choices. How much our choices can actually affect and impact other people. It's just a fact. So now let's dig in a little bit deeper. Let's dig in deeper to the life of Boaz. Boaz's name actually means, in him is strength. And remember, names matter in this culture, just like many cultures today. And if you look at the story of Boaz, you see strength. Not only the strength of a man, but the strength of character, the strength of masculinity. These qualities were easy to observe in the story of Boaz and Ruth. Just by looking at how Boaz treated others. Let's go dive into the story of Boaz and Ruth so we can really get a full picture of what's going on and how he treated a woman that wasn't even born into the promise of God. She wasn't an Israelite. She was a foreigner. And that story starts in Ruth chapter 2. To have a full understanding, Boaz was actually a cousin to Naomi, the mother-in-law of Ruth. Which meant Boaz actually had a heart for his family. Like many of us do. Now, some people don't, sure. But many of us care about our family. And now Naomi comes back over into Israel with this foreigner named Ruth. Nobody knew Ruth. Ruth didn't know anybody, but Ruth did make a commitment to Naomi. Now, being a foreigner in Israel meant that you didn't get all the benefits of an Israelite. It was probably hard for Ruth to find work. I can only imagine how difficult that was. But because of the sacrifice Ruth made and the commitment that Ruth made to Naomi, she wanted to take care of her mother-in-law. She had a heart to serve Naomi. So in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1, 
Ruth asked Naomi, hey, can I go gather grain in the field? I can imagine how that conversation went. Look, we need to eat. You're getting old. I'm young. I can go gather grain in the field. And then we'll have food for the house. And of course, Naomi told Ruth, okay, go ahead and go gather grain. So Ruth did what she was told to do. Now, she also did things by the book. She didn't want to step on any toes. She didn't want to stand out. So Ruth joined together with a group of others that would follow the reapers as they went through the fields. Now, in those days, the reapers would take the first and the best of the crop and then allow other people to come in and pick up the scraps. Now, they had a couple of benefits to doing that. One, it kept the fields clean. And the second benefit is the owners didn't have to pay for the extra labor. It was a really a win-win situation for the field owners. But cleaning up after somebody else isn't something that we really want to do, right? Okay, I'll speak for myself. I really don't want to clean up after somebody else. But Ruth, she would show up earlier and stay later. She would work harder and with fewer breaks. Because she knew that she was competing with other people for those scraps. And she wanted to take care of Naomi and make sure that Naomi had plenty. And she knew that the longer and harder that she worked, the more food Naomi would have. Which brings us to Ruth chapter 2, verses 3 through 7. Ruth's work gets noticed by Boaz. You see, Boaz was so impressed with Ruth that he tells her not to gather in anybody else's field. Never leave my field. He even went as far as to tell the young men that were in charge of all of the gatherers to never lay a hand on Ruth. He told the young men to protect her. And to top it off, he told the young men that anytime Ruth ever wanted something to drink and she got thirsty, that she was allowed to go over to where the men had drawn the water from the well and drink from that. Now you have to understand the significance of that because that's unheard of in this culture. Men did not serve women in this culture. Women were property. Women are the ones that went to the well to draw the water and bring it back to the men. But Boaz, he was pretty powerful and wealthy. He was the field owner. And here's a powerful man elevating a woman over men. I think it's only natural that Ruth would be a little bit skeptical. Well, you see that Ruth was a little skeptical here in Ruth chapter 2, verses 10. Because she was bold enough to ask the question, why? And that had to be because she knew that she was from a foreign land. The only person she really knew was Naomi. Why me? Why does a foreigner get the kind of treatment that you're giving me? Because ladies, how many times has a man done something for you and wanted something back in return? Something you really didn't want to give him. So I think Ruth was a little shocked when she heard Boaz's response. In Ruth chapter 2, verse 11, And Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of her husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you've done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Yes, Boaz lifted her up above his own people, but not to get something in return. 
Boaz recognized how Ruth left her people for Naomi. Boaz recognized how hard Ruth was working to take care of Naomi. Boaz recognized the sacrifices that Ruth was still making. In Boaz's eyes, he wasn't treating her special. He was just repaying kindness for the sacrifices that Ruth had made. This story shows the character of Jesus Christ and our relationship with Him. Because we've all been like Ruth at some point in our life. Everybody's been given choices throughout every moment of your life. You're making a choice right now to listen to this podcast or to not. You're going to make choices about what you're going to eat tonight. You're also going to make choices about who you're going to date. You're going to make choices about who you're going to marry. You're going to make choices about whether you should leave the job or not leave the job. You're also going to have choices to either accept Christ or deny Christ. Not only when it comes to salvation, but when it comes to sanctification as well. In the same way that we saw Ruth given a choice last week, Ruth made the choice to follow truth. And then Ruth had the integrity of strength to honor her word. And then work continuously to honor her word. That's what gave her favor in the eyes of Boaz, right? When we show that same integrity of strength and stand firm on the word of God, that work of standing firm to honor the promise that God made to us and to honor our promise to him finds favor in the eyes of Jesus. Back to Ruth. She sacrificed a lot to honor her word. In similar fashion, we have to sacrifice a lot to honor our word. Boaz heard everything that Ruth did to get to where she is. Jesus knows everything you did to get to where you are. Boaz heard everything Ruth sacrificed. Jesus knows everything you've sacrificed. Boaz disregarded the rules to show kindness to Ruth. Jesus rewrote the rules to show kindness to you. All of this because Ruth wasn't looking to gain power or prestige. She wasn't looking to get noticed. She wasn't trying to elevate herself. Ruth was just trying to take care of the person she had made a commitment to. Ruth showed true self-sacrifice. And I believe Boaz just couldn't help himself. He had to show her that she mattered, that what she was doing mattered. In the same way, when you show true self-sacrifice, Jesus just can't help himself. He has to show you that you matter, that what you're doing matters. To bring it all together, as we've walked through this origin story of Jesus Christ here in the book of Matthew, we've learned how to walk in our purpose towards the promise God gave us. We've learned how to protect our purpose during that process. We've learned that sometimes we have to allow God to pull back a blessing to make room for Him to break through. We've learned that if we rest in God's presence, He'll bring to our memory just how far He's brought us. We've learned that when we take the time to remember how far God's brought us, we know who we are through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we've even seen how our choices matter. This week, God adds on to all of that. I feel like the Lord is telling us today that when we feel lonely and alone in whatever season of life we're in, that He sees everything. He knows how you feel. He 
He also sees when you're still willing to help out your brothers and sisters in Christ. When you don't feel like anyone cares or is watching, He is. And He will repay you with His favor. What you do doesn't go unnoticed. What you do doesn't give you salvation, other than the act of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But what you do doesn't go unnoticed either. As long as we act out of a heart of selfless, not looking to gain, increase, or show off, God notices. To be honest, selflessness is more self-serving than selfishness. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. So take everything you've learned through this entire Matthew series and everything you learned today and learn how to practice this. Learn how to acknowledge what it is you need versus what you want. Then take that situation or that item, whatever it is, take it to God and ask Him if it's something good for you to have. Or is that item or situation something that could create a difficult situation for you in the future? Because you don't know. He does. Learn how to acknowledge what other people around you need versus what they want. Then take that to God and see if He thinks it's a good idea for you to help them. Or if you helping them could create a difficult situation for them in the future. Because you don't know. He does. Learn how to actively pursue helping others in their time of need, as long as it's the Holy Spirit leading you to do so. Because one thing to remember, sometimes God allows people to go through tough times to build them up for future battles, to get them stronger. Or sometimes He's just trying to bring them to a realization that they can't do it on their own without God. We saw that in Judges 2, 20 and 22, where God allows the Israelites to be attacked just so he can test them to see if they'll cling to God's ways or if they're going to continue to bow down to false gods. Sometimes that person needs to go a little longer without food because they haven't learned the value of every choice has consequences. Sometimes that person needs to keep working on that car that keeps breaking down on them all the time because God's working out their patience. Sometimes that person needs to stay in jail and not get paroled because God's got a greater purpose for them where they're at. Sometimes that person needs to work hard to get out of debt. That way they don't return to it after they get out of it. Those are things we don't know, but God does. Sometimes being selfless is allowing yourself to feel the pain of what someone else is going through instead of trying to fix the pain that they're in. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to buy somebody a meal so they don't lose hope. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to give away a car and give it to somebody who God knows is going to have an accident three months down the line and the car that they're in isn't going to be sufficient to save their life. But the car you give them will save their life, giving them more opportunities to get closer to God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will place on your heart to pay off that debt for somebody else just to prove that the faith of a righteous man doesn't go unhurt. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to pray for healing just so God can show off His power to everyone who's around 
and lead somebody to salvation and point somebody to Christ. All of these are actions of a selfless heart that is being led by the Holy Spirit. In the end, being selfless will be more self-serving. How? How is being selfless self-serving? Because when you're selfless, you get to experience what it really means to be Christ-like. This world talks about self-care. Take care of yourself. First and foremost, be sure that you're taking care of yourself. There's grains of truth in that. But I'm going to submit to you what the scripture says. Being selfless equals self-care. Being selfish equals self-destruction. When you're not being an open river to allow God's blessings to leave your hands, instead you're trying to be a dam, like a selfish person, then the blessings stop until you open the floodgates again. Learn how to be your best self. Learn how to live a spirit-empowered life of faith instead of a sin-enveloped life of fear. A spirit-empowered life of faith is being less of yourself and more like Christ. Learn how to be more like Ruth and let Jesus be your Boaz. And within that relationship between you and Jesus, you're going to birth an Obed. I know I didn't give Obed much airtime this week, but the name Obed means serving. When you become more selfless and you allow Jesus to be your Boaz, you're going to birth a servant's heart because you're going to enjoy the experiences of being Christ-like. And you're going to want that more than you're going to want anything else in this world. Father, thank you very much for the word that you've given us today. Thank you for speaking to each and every person that needs to hear it. And I ask that you open their ears and open their hearts. And then Holy Spirit, solidify your word in their hearts, continuously reminding them of your love and how you want to love them and love others through them. Help us all to have a selfless heart and be more spirit-empowered, living a life of faith. Guide us in our decisions and be with us in every step that we take. In fact, guide the steps that we take. As we submit to your sovereignty, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Salt and Light Ministries. Next week, we're going to continue on in the origin story of Jesus Christ and jump into Matthew 1.6. And I appreciate everyone just letting the Spirit say whatever the Spirit wants to say. And I hope that you take each and every opportunity to experience what it's like to be Christ-like. Now, if this message has spoke to you, I'm going to ask that you continue to share it on whatever platform you're listening. Also, if you want to support the ministry, prayer is first and foremost. Please pray for this ministry. If the Lord lays it on your heart to financially give to this ministry, just click the heart at the top of the podcast page or click in the description below. I love you guys. And until next week, be bold, be strong, and be blessed.